Welcome to another season of NL Full Time. We've had a summer where football got as far as the driveway but didn't quite come home. We've had the hottest summer in a long while and we've had a royal wedding but all that is over and we are back and refreshed. I'm Luke Edwards and this is NL Full Time. Hello and welcome to NL Full Time. And some things never change and I've got with me not on in the studio but on the phone line I've got Rob Worrell hello Rob hi Luke Chris well as usual he's not in the studio he's uh, he's jet setting away somewhere hello Chris tell us where you are I'm hello Luke I'm in Jakarta in Indonesia for the Asian game yeah it's early hours of the morning but still looking forward to the pod bleary eyed hopefully you won't fall asleep during the next 45 minutes or so of us rabbiting on about various things all things National League and we'll look at the feeder leagues as well and the Evo stick and the Bostick League and all that as well so stay tuned for that later on but let's get straight into it so National League boys <laughs> it's fair to say it's been interesting in terms of not only the transfers but there's one team in particular that's made but there's been a lot of noise about aren't there it's fair to say and uh, now we record this in the Greater Manchester area. Alex Ferguson once described Manchester City as noisy neighbours. Would you describe Salford as being sort of the, the noisy relatives who have appeared? I mean, Gary Neville's described Salford as a roundabout spinning too fast, hence the removal of Anthony Johnson and Bernard Marley. And it's fair to say the roundabouts was uh, it's gone really, really quick since then, hasn't it, Chris? With the, the, the way they've spent money and been criticised for it as well. But also, I've heard from some quarters, that if your club was offered it, you wouldn't turn down the money that's uh, being invested there. No, uh, Luke. No, they've certainly been making headlines, haven't they? Over the over the summer, they've been filling pages. The non-laid paper are uh, delighted with it, I think, aren't they? Because uh, you know they've been selling papers, and I mean some of the signings have been out of this world, haven't they? I think the two that stand out in particular, obviously, Danny Lloyd from Peterborough. He he did really well at Peterborough. He was beginning to get a first-team place. Uh, he's he's taken the, uh, the the drop down the divisions to play for. Uh, Salford this season and obviously the big one being Adam Rooney who's left Aberdeen of the Scottish Premier League to go and play for Salford and uh, is reportedly on good money as well and they have been making headlines now personally if you if you're asking me personally um, I think you know fair fair play to them they they want the ambitious they want to get promoted they're not the first team to do it I think a lot of the attention is because of the link to the so-called class of 92 and you know that has been sort of brought on a little bit by themselves. They've, they've publicised it. They've, they've had the documentary on on BBC One as well. And that, you know, I think I think fair play to them. Why not? They they want to move forward, and they they're, they're ambitious and they want to get into league football. Rob, I mean, you're further south than me and Chris. I mean, what have you made of it, kind of from afar? Well, I think uh, you know about what uh, Chris has just said, and uh, yeah, you know. For many many supporters, if, if if a benefactor or benefactors came along for their club, they you know provided there was a, a sustainable approach, you know, and not just something that was going to leave them high and dry like perhaps Graham Wesley left Farmer all those years ago. Then uh, you want to make the most of it, wouldn't you? Another angle I'd come from is just to say what uh, what Salford have somehow managed to achieve, just climbing up to this level. They're going to start the season effectively as the Tranmere Rovers of, 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 of the last couple of seasons. The team that everybody wants to be, the team that's everybody's cup final. I guess, you know, they'll need to learn quickly that it's a, it, it, it's a different kind of ball game now. You know, I guess something similar has happened at a lower level even, hasn't it, with Billericke? Um, you know, and they'll have a similar... Um, 
challenge ahead of them this season in the South that we'll, we'll come to in a bit. But uh, it's fascinating. That's one thing I would say. I'm certainly looking forward to going to Salford for the first time and just getting a feel for it directly. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do. We'll come on to our predictions in a minute. But I think some of the signings that they have made uh, they really are mouth-watering and they're going to be a really, really hard nut to crack for the other teams. Interesting, without obviously going too much into the predictions though, we'll just do a brief one now in that. Rob, you're the only, you're the only one who's predicted Salford to not make the playoffs because you put them to win the league. Yeah, I'll back that up now. Um, I sat down and for the first time, we, I think it's fair to say that uh, we, we had a good old laugh at some of our predictions last year. I mean, they were logical. But there was one member of the team who will remain nameless who did predict Macclesfield to go down and they won the league. And <laughs> I don't I think don't that's that going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it is, do not protest too much. You'll only make it worse. Don't think it worse. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I would say this. I sat down yesterday, actually. I've tracked the moves of the players to in and out of all the clubs over the summer. And I sat down and I thought, right, who is going to win this league? You know, who is going to improve who's going to struggle to match what they did last year and if I'm honest in my heart I didn't want to be predicting Salford to win this league but when I looked at some of the key factors you have to look at how tight a team's going to be how solid they're going to be at the back and what sort of potential have they got to create and score goals and when you do that looking at every playing squad in this league it's very very hard not to come to the conclusion that Salford will win this league yet they're going to have growing pains and Graham Alexander hasn't managed at this level before and they would be the question marks but for me it was very very tight between Salford and Chesterfield uh, looking at Orient and Barnet as well um, but for me I think they're just going to have too much firepower boys I went down to watch them at Altrincham on Saturday and they played a game 24 hours early against Burley under 23 so how to squad played that and then the rest of the squad played on Saturday at Altrincham they won by two goals to one uh, goals from Rory Graffney and an alty own goal through James Jones gave Salford the win and I caught up with Salford manager Graham Alexander after the game so I'm here with Graham Alexander at Moss Lane we've just seen Salford City beat Altrincham in the, the final pre-season game of the season what were your thoughts on that Graham your second game in 24 hours and uh, we played with that? Yeah, I was, I was pleased with the, the, the attitude of the players and, and how we went about it. Um, I still think there's, there's room for improvement in, in the things we do. This is what pre-season for, you know, to, to iron out little issues and, and tactical things. And you know, the, the players are, are really honest. They're, they're so good to work with, and they they work extremely hard to put into into place in games what we do in training. So, yeah, we we finished with with two games in two days, and they've all got 90 minutes under the belt. So we're really happy with that. So we'll, we'll obviously the preparation stage really in games wise is over now and, and we get into the real stuff of late in Orient next week. It's interesting the tempo we noticed the tempo was really high from both sides. I mean, was that what you wanted? You wanted that sort of challenge today where the tempo was high and gave you a real yeah. test? Yeah, I think um, you know, we train like that. You know, we, we train at high tempo and with intensity and we, um, we have to replicate in games. So and, and I thought Alti did that as well, you know, it was a, a real good competitive game which you know you you want really just especially just before the season starts because it, it, it's um, it's good preparation for everyone. So, but you know we're we're still looking to improve and we know you know uh, the season's a long long course with the light of our pre-season's gone. But you know, we we need to make sure that we um, we're ready for for the game next Saturday. 
And in terms of expectation, obviously it's well documented with the players you brought and you've almost put together players that um, you know teams in League One and League Two would be envy of. So is the expectation to go straight through, or because you're newly promoted, normally people go will assess it as the season goes on. But are you thinking no, we want to go straight on? We just want to be successful, and um, being successful means winning games. Um, you know, we, we we're in with a, a group of you know, 10, 12 other clubs in in the National League that have got ambitions to to be at the top end. So I don't I don't see us as in a unique position of uh, thinking we're we're the only ones, or you know I don't want anyone outside of our club to think we're the only ones with a with these ambitions. You know it's sort of pinned on us a little bit as if we're the only ones with this sort of uh, yeah. ambition. You know I, I, there's lots of big clubs in our division and with purpose to get into the football league, and, and we're no different. We obviously haven't been there before. This is our first ever season at this level. Mm. At a national level, but we want to hit the ground running. We want to win games. Uh, no. So I don't, I don't see any difference here between the previous clubs I've managed or all the other clubs that will be expected to be at the top end. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see how the season goes. But we're, we're keeping you know a balance on what we we expect to do, and, and we're, we're setting short term goals before we look at any big pictures. That's uh, the way we have to face it. And, the biggest um, challenge we've got is laying Orient next Saturday. I was going to say, it's a big start for you, really. I suppose for your first game in that division, you'd want a, a big club, as you say, like Leighton Orient. It'll give you a real test, won't it? I think anyone will give us a real test. You know, I, th- I think there's a, there's a high profile around our club. You know, where people are talking about us for whatever reason they want to. And you know, so I don't, I don't think we'll be a, a secret for anyone. And um, but there's other clubs that I think people want to take points off as well. So I don't see any game as an easy game this year. So uh, making out that Leighton Orient is the only challenge we'll face this year would be a big mistake. You know, we we have to make sure we set our own standards, regardless of what the opposition are going to bring to us. And we know whether we perform well or not and um, you know if we do that we set the standards every day in training if we maintain them and going into games we'll, we'll give ourselves the best chance of winning and finally Graham you've played and managed in the football league I mean how, how are you finding it so far at Salford being in, and being in the National League and around the environment that yeah. you are well you know obviously we, we haven't played any National League games so uh, you know I don't know of that yet how it will pan out but what, what I've seen from the, the lads at Salford the, the, the training facility we have is up there with, with football league status you know um, but we're you know, we we put we need a working environment which we can work yeah. in, and we have got that. Um, we need good players, which we have to, and, and we have a way, way of playing and, and fit players. So, you know, we, we've got the the things. I, I don't see much of a difference until I get into the international league, actually the games. You know, when, when I look out, when I'm standing on the touchline and looking at a game of football, I still I see the same game of football I've seen for the last five years as a manager. You know, two goals, one ball, <laughs> 22 players. You know, that, that's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. So, apart from the surroundings, but you know, I, I don't see massive difference there so I'll try to focus on game what goes on around it you know the, the game of football doesn't change and so we'll be putting down the same principles and, and football fundamentals that we look for when wherever we play or, or manage it's a simple game isn't it Graham it is it, it <laughs> yeah. is honestly yeah, you know yeah. you know people try to reinvent it you know with, yeah. with different ideas and everything yeah. but it, it's, it is a simple game and, and uh, if you keep your your on the basics if you do them well you know, uh, that's for players that's for managers and, and everything and then then like I say I think the game's universal and it's and it doesn't change you know, I've just watched the World Cup yeah. and there's still one ball on the pitch yeah. so um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll yeah. go into the season with, with optimism like a lot of other clubs do at this stage of the season and we'll work as hard as we can to be successful 
And that was Graham Alexander. And one interesting thing is, like you say, Rob, is that a lot of the time you get managers who come down from League One and League Two, and uh, I think the quality of the division catches them out a little. If he comes in there thinking, oh, if we can get in League One and League Two players that, and uh, we're going to walk the league, then I think he might be in for a little bit of a shot, might you, Rob? He might be. I mean, one thing won't change at and, and whatever level it is, in that, you know, when, you, when a football game kicks off, you have to win the battle first and you have to earn the right to play football. And I don't think that will come as anything new or shocking or different to Graham Alexander or indeed the players that they've got in. They're not stupid. You know, it, there are going to be a few firsts. No doubt, you know, if they don't win the first couple of games or the first time they lose, you know, they, they'll be under the microscope for sure. But uh, it's a long season, 46 games. And uh, I'm not saying, let me be very clear about this, I'm not saying that I want Salford to win the league. I'm saying that I think they probably will. And Chris, you've um, I went when I saw them on Saturday. They, they looked like they're ready to play on the break, and they, they went down the wings a lot. And you've seen Danny Lloyd a lot. Danny Lloyd was starting on the right, deep, and picking it up, playing it in field, and then carrying on his runs. The only the only thing was they didn't really get many men into the box. Really, there wasn't much end product in the end. But again, I suppose that'll come when they have the big hitters out there. Yeah, that's interesting that he was playing on the right hand side actually, because um, when I saw him at for that season at County a couple of seasons back he he did a similar job he used to um, go back deep and collect the ball and then he was on the left then so he'd uh, he's obviously left footed and he'd fire up the left and, and create something from there I think one point to mention on Salford is they've not only brought some good players in but they have lost some guys as well I mean I think one of their best players for the last few seasons now, Michael Nottingham, has has gone off to to bigger and better things in in league football, and so the there are players there um, that they might miss in the first ten games whilst they're getting the squad together and whilst they're getting used to each other as well. In terms of looking just below it in the playoffs, I mean we've all predicted similar teams to to reach the playoffs really. I mean the main one is Leighton Orient are going to be there or thereabouts. We think Chesterfield as well. Also Barnet, also Sutton United as well. A couple of us have predicted to get back in the playoffs. And it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I noticed only one person's gone for Boreham Wood to reach the playoffs, and that's Chris. I mean, Boreham Wood, it's fair to say they've, um, they've created a bit of a story over the last couple of weeks. Haven't they? Maybe for the right reasons, actually. They're, they're trying to make sure, kick out the dodgy agents, but uh, we'll call it Ferrier Gate. kind of affected the pre-season plans a little bit, Rob, hasn't it? It has. Uh, I must admit, I, I was just settling down to watch a pre-season friendly at Wilston uh, a Saturday or two ago when, when, when that news started breaking, and I couldn't quite believe it at first. Uh, I have to say, when you get it into perspective and you think it through, it was the right thing to do to wash the dirty linen in public in this case. It was the right thing to do to make a stand. Uh, and I'm really, really pleased to say that uh, ultimately um, it has reached the right con- conclusion. It might only be a temporary one, but uh, peace has been made. Uh, Ferrier has dispensed with his uh, advisor. Uh, is intermediary, I think the, the technical term is. For the time being, at least, he'll be staying at Boronwood. But, uh, yeah, what a, what a few months for Boronwood. I mean, making that uh, playoff final against all odds, nobody expected them to go to Sutton and win that. Um, and then, obviously, it didn't quite happen for them on the day. Now the Morgan Ferrier stuff. And, and I really, really do rate Luke Garrard, the manager boys, but I just think it's going to be so, so tough for them. I, I struggled to get them finishing in the top half and it's nothing against Boreham It's just the sheer weight of all the teams that you can build good cases for. You know, you mentioned Leighton Orient, Hartlepool as well. You know, they've got a sound backer now. 
Um, they've made some really, really good astute signings. I think Liam Noble might prove to be the signing in the summer. Ebbsfleet are going to go on. You know, you've got a few of the big hitters that have got to be there. Wrexham, you know, we wait and see if they can find score the goals this season. Um, but uh, they'll certainly have a mean defence. You know, so uh, and you look at a team like Aldershot, who I watch most often. Yeah, and they finished fifth two years running. That was an overachievement. But I can't really, looking at it logically, predict them finishing much higher than 10th or 12th this season. And also, Robbie, look at the players that Bournemouth would have lost. I mean, big ones have lost Bruno Anjardi, they've lost Jamie Turley, he's gone back to Newport, and they've also lost the goalkeeper Grant Smith, he's gone to Lincoln City. So there, that's the three to spine of the team almost. It is. And, uh, you know, the, I think they may have signed themselves a good quality goalkeeper. Obviously, he's young, he's inexperienced. Ryan Huddart, who comes in six foot six, 21 year old uh, from Arsenal. So he certainly comes with good pedigree, but I think it's at the other end is more difficult to uh, to replace, isn't it? You know, um, obviously Morgan Ferrier wasn't there for the whole of last season, but uh, he was a threat. Balanta's still there, and he is a threat. 11 goals last season, but uh, the, the goals and the assists of Bruno Andrade, they are really, really going to be hard to replace, and I can't really see that, uh, up to this point anyway, that um, guard has been able to find a, a like-for-like replacement. Funnily enough, Chris, everyone's gone for Hartlepool to finish in the playoffs, except for me, I think they'll just be... I think, obviously, they'll have a better season than last season, but I think they might just miss out. But What's your reasoning on, on you putting them in the playoffs, Chris? Well, I think Rob touched on it then, didn't he? I think, uh, I think the Noble signing is a bit of a game-changer. I think they're going to have a little bit of momentum, as the last season was just a... Well, it was a bit of a disaster, wasn't it, last season, with all the goings-on off the pitch... Uh, it was the first season back in the back in the National League, back at that level of football, and I just think that this season, with those things uh, looking like the the being resolved, with some with some good signings on board as well, and with a you know with a fresh look at it and a fresh manager, there's some really positive vibes coming out of Hartlepool, and I just think you mentioned Boreham Wood, and yeah, they were a bit of a wild card. Hartlepool are my semi-wild card, if you like, to, to make those playoffs. But I, I think they'll do it this season. Can I bring a team into the mix here that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I think we'd all agree they're going to hold their own in the National League. But um, I'm fascinated, and I want to ask you boys, I only saw them once last season, but Harrogate Town. Because I think they were pretty solid anyway. They've signed really well. And, and, and they, to me, when I look at striking duos, when I look at how many teams have got are going to play two players up front and both those players can get 20 goals in the season, I don't see too many clubs. And, and, and I think Harrogate, in Don Knowles, Chris, obviously you, 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 know, you watched him score two of the goals that, that, that won the playoff final for them, and Aaron Williams uh, coming over from, from Brackley. You know, I, I think those two boys could potentially be prolific. I don't know if you've seen them play more often, but they have been prolific. Can they do it at the National League Premier level? Yeah, I think they can, Rob. I, I absolutely think they can. And yeah, they were, they were unlucky not to, not to make my list, but... It's a difficult place to go. It's a you know it's a tough journey to get to to Harrogate. It takes a long time to to get there. Now, interestingly, I think because um, the surface that they're playing on there, I think it's uh, it's, it's kind of a um, 
a level playing field now because it is you know people are used to playing on that on that type of surface it's a it's uh, you know people train on really on those really good surfaces now and i think that that's almost not an advantage that it that it used to be for them but the football they play is fantastic they they hit teams hard they've got some good wing backs there it was the last game i saw last season they absolutely battered brackley and i think they could be and you know i've used that word before wild card but i absolutely think they could be a wild card and don't forget they've got a really passionate support who are going to be absolutely up for this season in the in the big division as well and don't forget Chris as well chucking in there um, Jack Muldoon from AC Feld you saw him a few times as well last year I mean he's not even been mentioned in the two strikers that Rob's mentioned so you've got three quality strikers there if, if Muldoon's just a backup then that is really really is good firepower isn't it yeah no he is and uh, I, I, I remember last season he came on um, for five against Aldershot and um, and that Rob and he came on and, and, and he, made, he played quite wide actually um, and uh, he, he chipped a, a glorious strike over um, Jake Cole on the day as well so yeah he is he is another threat as well and uh, talking of new boys coming in with plenty of goal power I think at this point we should mention Havert and Waterlooville as well it's going to obviously be you know a step up for them too but what a sign in Alfie Pavey who uh, was the uh, National League South top scorer last season and he already seems to be really really at home I haven't a Waterlooville. I think he's one of um, half a dozen strikers in non-league that have scored in every pre-season game. Let any, every single manager will tell you pre-season doesn't count. Let me tell you, as a centre-forward, if you are scoring game in, game out, it means the world. And uh, he'll hit the ground running. You've got Nicky Kabamba there as well, the Portsmouth uh, striker who was on loan briefly at Aldershot last season. And a young striker in Aaron Cosgrave as well who's come over from... Uh, from Colchester and Alfie Rutherford two, Rutherford two knows where the goal is so it's going to be fascinating to see how those uh, those new boys do in the National League this season and also they've got experience at the back Chris in Paul Robinson who's ex-Millwall and he's playing the cup final of course for Millwall and he was at Wimbledon last year he's 36 so he might not play the game but he'll certainly be there giving his experience to some of the younger lads won't he well don't we say every season that the teams that tend to do well are those teams with a mix aren't they with a blend of experience and a blend of, and a blend of youth as well and I think that you make a very good point there and I can only talk about you know Alfie Pavey last season friend of the pod don't forget <laughs> we always mention that he's been on the pod before yeah, but I think we just woke him up and we phoned him last year didn't we <laughs> <laughs> what a coup that is what an absolute coup that is for, for, for them getting uh, getting him along because he didn't always start either last season that was the thing about Pavey he wasn't always starting and he'd come off the bench and score as well he was used as a secret weapon so yeah it'd be very interesting that and it's a bigger blow as well to Dartford because not only did Haven't beat Dartford to the title on goal difference, they then go and nab one of the best strikers from them as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bit of a, bit of a kick in the teeth, that. <laughs> now, let's uh, as I said, before we go to our predictions, we'll just move on to, and look at the relegation side of it. We'll look at Barnet, um, Rob. I mean, we've all predicted them to do well this year. Um, and But it's fair to say, do you have got... A fairly big squad, the largest in the division with 32 players on the books currently. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that as well, and it's something I asked uh, John Still about on Saturday. And, uh, you know, there's some quality in there. There's a lot of youngsters, but there is some quality, and he's no mug, is he, John Still? He's managed, 
you know, so many seasons at this level. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look at the signings that he's made. He's bought the best of the bunch, or majority of them, perhaps Michael Cheeker side over from, from Dagenham, hasn't he? A, a terrific goalkeeper. I watched an action on Saturday, Mark Cousins saved uh, a penalty and, and made two or three other really good stops as well in the nil-nil draw against the young West Ham side um, but he's brought in half of a very mean all the shot town defence as well hasn't he Shea Alexander 130 odd games at this level at right back plays week in week out gives you a 7 out of 10 performance for all the shot and then uh, Callum Reynolds as well all the shot will be missing not just a good centre-back but a leader as well and uh, you know I'm sure Callum Reynolds will slot straight into that side alongside the likes of Craig Robson uh, Charlie Adams really impresses me and Andre Bucard's been there done it at this level and he's put together a really really good squad and hopefully with uh, his final signing Byron Harrison he's ensured uh, some goals as well um, on Saturday I asked John Still about the size of this squad you, you, you've still got so much enthusiasm for this game haven't you absolutely um, yeah. if you haven't got it if you haven't got the enthusiasm don't do the job so you know best job if you like football it's the best job in the world so um, you know we're preparing for a new season and the excitement of it and the tension of it and the passion of it but they're still the thing that drives you to get up in the morning and come and work and can't wait to get to work to be honest it's got a little bit crazy at times. What would you say, if you could pinpoint it, has changed most from when you start, first started managing, John? I think all leagues have got more professional. You know, a great thing for, for football in this country um, is the foreign players coming. I mean, years ago when I was watching West Ham, when I was a kid, most of the players lived near West Ham. If you played for Arsenal, you lived yeah. in North London. The players now come from all over the world. And... Premier League is the most watchable league in the world. It's becoming the best league in the world. Mm. I think if you take away Real Madrid, Barcelona, so the fallout from those clubs goes down to the Championship, and you hear people say now the Championships, like the Premier League, yeah. used to be. Yeah, yeah, the old first division. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. because everyone filters down, and the leagues are filtering down, and you know most of the players I think that are playing National League would really class themselves as football league players so mm. I think the, the leagues are much stronger much more difficult to, to, to win I, I, I look back at the Maidstone side that I was with that won this league in 1989 to the Luton side that won it a couple of years ago mm. and the Dagnan one in, in between and I just think it's become stronger and stronger and harder and harder to win Final question from me. I've watched uh, Callum Reynolds and Shay Alexander up close and personal yeah. for the last couple of seasons. Um, you, you obviously see some quality there and in, uh, in bringing those two in from, from funnily enough, the side you go play next week. Yeah, yeah. Shay, I knew when he was at West Ham as a boy, so he's, he's from the same area as I was in the East End. So I've, I've known of Shay for a long while. Uh, tried to take him to Dagenham once, uh, couldn't happen. Uh, when I came here they were both out of contract and both looking to move and uh, I was delighted to bring them here you know they're, they're two very good players they're two experienced players they've been in the playoffs twice so they know all of the rules that goes with it they're, you know I, I think it's important that you know sometimes players don't just know highs or lows I think you need to know the highs and lows and how to deal with both and I think they're two players that would have 
probably had the highs and lows. The highs of getting the playoffs and the lows of not making it. And the highs and lows are things that I think can spur you on. So absolutely delighted to have those two players in the building. Are you one of those managers who got a rough idea what your team next Saturday is going to be already? Or will you not even think about it until um, Thursday, Friday? I haven't got a rough idea. I know exactly. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So that was John Stillen. I loved his answer at the end, Rob, when you asked him about if he knew his team, and he's like, "I've not got an idea. I know what it is." He <laughs> was very forthright, wasn't he? Yeah, it was interesting. He was in good mood. Uh, he's a really likable chap, actually, and uh, that was a very, very difficult season for him last season at Dagenham, one that he hadn't really faced in football before. But uh, there's no doubt he's still full of enthusiasm, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was a jovial quip. Um, but uh, certainly uh, one thing he doesn't know is if anyone's going to get injured during the week in training or whether Callum Reynolds' back will be up to play in, uh, against his old club. But uh, RCB at uh, the Ebb Stadium on Saturday and um, what a fascinating start to the season that match will, will be. Uh, fifth place all shot last year against Barnet relegated but under new management. Also someone you haven't mentioned, Rob, as well, Medialito, who's did really well for Cambridge United last season in League 2 and that's a really good signing from him as well 28 years old, a really good age and uh, he, he'll he be pulling the strings as well but another player that you did catch up with on Saturday Rob was a good friend of yours, ex-Aldershock skipper and now moved to Barnt in the summer, Callum Reynolds I'm joined on the podcast preview show of the season with somebody that ended last season at Aldershot and is about to begin it for Barnet possibly against Aldershot next week Callum Reynolds how's uh, your summer been? I say I enjoyed it I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it because of the way the season ended but I recharged the batteries um, and come back and worked hard this pre-season and uh, you come you, you played for some very good managers Callum I must say you, you, you played under Gary Waddick for two seasons at Aldershot two consecutive playoff campaigns there and uh, now you join the uh, new regime at Barnet, along with Shay Alexander, and uh, playing for a manager that I, I know you will respect in uh, John Still. No, definitely. Uh, even from the first conversation I had with him, similar with um, Gary, straight away they kind of they kind of had me. Um, and his reputation speaks for itself, having won this league three times. So yeah, that's that's a big factor. And yeah, huge huge respect for well both managers. Yeah. It's a great setup here. It, certainly at the moment, quite a big squad. I think at this present moment in time, Barnet have the biggest squad in the league, and I'm sure one or two perhaps still to go out on loan. But uh, you you played as part of a very small, tight-knit squad at Aldershot, and uh, a slightly different feel about a bigger squad. Yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah, presumably. yeah, definitely, definitely. For, yeah, the two years previously, there were some games where we only had sort of two or three on the bench, um, whereas here we've got more options, which, uh, like you said, kind of... Uh, pros and cons to it uh, but it also gives a manager options um, if there are injuries or suspension um, so I think in, in the bigger picture it's uh, definitely something that's going to work to the manager's advantage Tough pre-season they always are aren't they and it's difficult to judge how the side's doing when you're playing against perhaps a, a lower side one week and then maybe even a Premier League side but perhaps more their academy and uh, I guess it's more isn't it about about just getting everything finally honed hopefully in time for the the first game next week yeah I think the first few games is just getting the fitness and getting your legs back um, and trying to implement a few things tactically where you can uh, but when it gets closer to the season it's just getting that sharpness that match sharpness and the competitive edge ready for which is yeah ready for the big kickoff. I mean I've been involved in pre-seasons where we've won every game it looks great and start of the season things don't go your way 
and the opposite end as well where you might not have won a game or not scored many goals but it's completely different as soon as the season starts now last season was ridiculously unpredictable it was an absolute roller coaster we nobody could sort of get away until eventually towards the end Macclesfield did I'm going to be unfair and ask you you know where you think Barnett will finish or you know how certain teams will do but maybe is the one side that, that that's impressed you with the way that they've rebuilt over the summer uh, other than Barnett someone else who, who who looks like they'll be strong this year um yeah i think there'll be quite a few teams that are strong this year and a lot of people that can believe that they're gonna win the league especially after last year i think i know Tremere went up for the playoffs but if we're looking all right Macclesfield won the league but Tremere were probably the best side in the league and you could say they deserve to go up but when you look at the teams that have come down and the teams that have come up expect them to be strong it's going to give a lot more give everyone a lot more belief this season to think that especially with the playoffs extended to the seven positions if you have a good year anything could happen the final thought is just about those two clubs that have come down obviously Barnet being one of them and Chesterfield there just seems to me no hint of the the gloom and depression that there perhaps was with other teams that have come down in Barnet's case it's understandable they have yo-yoed they've been used to being in this league and the one above but at Chesterfield as well really good positive vibes coming out of there and uh, they've also recruited a manager who's won this league so it, it kind of negates it doesn't it yeah it's, it's strange I mean when York came down you, I don't know you could just tell as a player the vibe there you could tell it wasn't great we played him early in the season and they went straight down again and you had Hartlepool last year they had financial troubles as well but you could tell the sort of atmosphere was not as like you said as, as almost positive um, about the teams that have come down this year uh, which I don't know I don't know it's, 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 it's strange but you do kind of get that feeling mm. uh, especially with previous years and almost like a belief as well that you can beat the teams coming down um, whether they're in, in a bad habit or they're in a negative situation but yeah it doesn't seem to feel that way and certainly with me being here hasn't felt that way really at all it would be like, like you said it just adds another two teams into the mix that will want to go straight back up um, and believe that they can challenge as well and that was Callum Reynolds and as sad as you were to lose him Rob he seems very excited by the challenge he's, he's going to face at Barnet yeah I think he will go higher if he stays clear of injury some people might look at the current move as a sideways move but one thing a lot of fans don't take into account they always think that football moves are about money so without you know going into great detail about it sometimes there's other things there's family there's logistics there's uh, you know there's, there's commuting and, and, and stuff like that and a lot of a lot of fans don't take that into account so uh, Callum had his reasons for moving on as did Shay Alexander and uh, I wish him all the best uh, for 44 of the 46 games this season yeah apart from next week <laughs> <laughs> No, it's an interesting uh, you mentioned about the, the family thing just quickly before we move on to our our predictions but in terms of Sam Wedgby for example he moved from Wrexham and he said oh because he wanted to be closer to his home in Sheffield and everyone's like oh yeah where's he going to end up anyway he went to Chesterfield and lo and behold you couldn't get any closer to Sheffield than that in the National League could you Rob really no exactly and, uh, you know I think sometimes we forget don't we that these footballers are human beings and uh, they've got to make life work on a practical level and uh, you wouldn't believe some of the commutes that do go on, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, if a player is is having to put his hand in his own pocket to, to to cover transport costs, you know, day in, day out, and, of course, under that pressure, they don't want to be late for training or get a fine or be left out of the side, you know, uh, they have to face those kind of uh, situations. And, 
you know that's when things have to be balanced out they have sometimes the the extra year of a contract or another club matching their wage rather than taking a, a wage decrease all those things would come into account but uh, it's one thing we don't often talk about because we're not privy to it are we it's a private business uh, my point would be let's just not assume that all players always move for money anyway it's time for the PP the pre-season predictions this is a bit where we boldly make predictions and then promptly have the smug grins wiped to our faces as the season goes on as I said we've all made different predictions we're going to hear from Tom Lang first and his thoughts he's not with us but he is here in spirit and he, uh, he gave us his predictions on the National League earlier on so Season predictions. Starting in the National League, I know most of the money will be going on Salford City for the title, but I just fancy the pressure to get to them playing at this level, and I really don't see that happening at Chesterfield under Martin Allen. Uh, they've kept most of who they wanted to and they've added some really great talent uh, particularly Sam Wedgbury, Shwan Jalal and Michael Nelson so I think they'll take the title below them fighting out for the playoffs uh, in no particular order I'm going to go with Leighton Orient, Fylde, Salford, Barnet, Aldershot and Hartlepool Hartlepool I think have recruited brilliantly picking up Liam Noble's got to be one of the best pieces of summer business and I also really like their right back Peter Chioso from Dunstable Town I think he could be one of the big surprises if I had to pick I'd go for Fylde to win the playoffs keeping Danny Rowe and adding in Ryan Crowsdale and Ashley Hemmings they look stronger than last year at the other end Gateshead are going to go down dead last huge upheaval boardroom and playing level and they just won't cope joining them going to be Barrow and Solihull Moors eventually succumbing to the drop and Braintree Town will take the last spot in the relegation spaces losing a coy their captain to Bromley will hit them hard and I know Bradley Quinton has struggled to sign some of the players he wants for top scorer I'm going to go with one of the two new boys to the league Jonah Ryunga signed for him Brighton could really tear it up with Sutton's attacking midfields behind him and Alfie Pavey down at Haven has uh, really hit the ground running a fantastic pre-season so that was Tom's predictions he's predicted Chesterfield to be champions of the National League as of you Chris yeah I have I think look I, I went and watched Chesterfield uh, two seasons ago two seasons ago they played Oxford United they got battered 4-0 and the crowd were really down after that match and you could tell that this was a this was a club with problems I think they've dropped those couple, a couple of divisions but I think the fan base are now going to do a bit of a, a Man City when they went down to League One all those years ago and just enjoy going to these different places and one thing one point I really did want to mention on Chesterfield was that I think there's a really shrewd sign in there and it's goalkeeper Schwan Jalal from Macclesfield he played pretty much the whole season for promoted Macclesfield last season he's been there he did it very very recently I think that's a really shrewd signing oh they've made a few good signings as well Chris to be fair you know, Sam Wedgbury that's a great signing we touched on him Will Evans he get, you know, he'll win it at the back and he'll He'll, his passing, his long diagonal passing forward to get to set up attacks is extremely reliable as well. Charlie Carter, Woking's top scorer. Curtis Weston, been there, done it at this level. And then an unknown quantity in uh, Lee Shaw, prolific at a lower lower level. Will he get his chance under Martin Allen? And uh, of course, the best signer of the lot for Chesterfield. What a breath of fresh air! The minute he walked through the door. Um, Martin Allen and I just don't think that he, there's any gloom and doom about those two sides that have come down from the League 2 like there has been every single other year and one of the reasons for that boys is they've both gone and appointed managers who've won this league before I've gone against the grain and gone for Leighton Orient I think with Justin Edinburgh in there they'll have a really good season against somebody who's been there got a team promoted from the National League and I think he can really get Leighton Orient bouncing again yeah I think that's a good call that's a good call Luke and Leighton Orient um, look at their form in the last uh, 20 odd games of last season under Justin Edinburgh and uh, they've kept the nucleus of that squad 
They've tweaked it here and there. They've added a little bit, but they've kept McCauley Bond up front. The goals will be flying in from here. I mean, he'll be well backed up by the likes of uh, Caroma as well. He's been prolific in pre-season. I know it's only pre-season, but uh, good habits die hard. And uh, yeah, I've actually gone for Leighton Orient to uh, to come through the playoff pack um, and uh, win the promotion final at Wembley. Yeah, the only person to not pick to Leighton Orient to get in the playoffs or win it is Chris. Chris, you've not even put him in the top eight. What's going on? No, no well, I, I just look, I just think that the weight of expectation on that club is can be crippling. Um, we saw that last season. You know, they they got off to an absolute shocker. They recovered to a certain extent. Look, what I'm going to say is, I think the first ten games are going to be absolutely vital for Leighton Orient. If they start well, then yes, you know, they 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 probably will make the playoffs. If they don't start well, it could be it could be difficult for them again. And one final point just to add on Leighton Orient. If there's a question mark, boys, do they keep enough clean sheets? Are they strong enough defensively? They've got great character. I think uh, at times towards the end of last season and also again in pre-season this year, they've gone behind and they've come back to to level games and win games there's no question mark on the character but you know in terms of an absolute outright tilt at the title I've just got them coming up a little bit short and that's probably because I think they are a little bit more prone to concede than some of the top four or five teams will be interestingly Tom's gone for AFC failed to win the playoffs surprisingly I've gone for Barnett I think the experience of John still could get them through but failed interesting choice isn't it Chris you've seen a lot of, of failed recently and how do you think they'll do uh, well it's a club going places Luke anyone who goes to fail um, sees that you know it's it really everything about that club the setup. You know, as soon as you turn up to the stadium, it looks like a league stadium with all the, you know, the bars and the, the stuff around the outside of it as well. And I think on the pitch, they they're really beginning to get it right. They were unlucky last season, I think, with uh, with their efforts that that nearly got them uh, involved in right up at the end of the season. They've got some great players that can score goals from everywhere. Uh, you know, when you've got Danny Rowe, you can, you can you can you can win games. They've got a great record at home. I've got them in the playoffs. I don't think they'll go up. I think this is the, sort of the the next step season for them. They they're going to want to be involved in the playoff picture for the whole of this season rather than just get you know sneak up there at, at the end. They've got a good manager. They want to be in league football by by 2022. I don't think it with this season maybe the one after. Yeah, and when you think of file finding their level last season, gradually climbing their way up the table and popping into the playoffs at the last minute, you have to think of Ebbsfleet as well because they did something pretty similar and I do think they will kick on I think uh, Darren McMahon's learning all the time I think he's an intelligent young manager again he's kept the nucleus he'll have the goals of Kedwell to rely on again he'll have uh, the solidity of Dave Winfield at the back along with a couple of other centre-halves coming in for competition for places as well but for me along with Liam Noble potentially the sign of the season could be Abu Adams uh, from Norwich City stolen from under the noses of Leighton Orient I don't know if you guys have seen the goal that he scored in pre-season. It's quite a wonderful piece of athleticism. If you haven't seen it, go look for it on uh, Twitter or YouTube. It's gone viral, that one. We're hoping that he does that throughout the season. Now, we'll move on to the relegation battle, and there's not much sort of a controversy. Well, there's a little bit of controversy in a couple of our choices, but we've all gone for Solihull Moors. Upset one person. That's you, Rob. Why? Oh, no, 100%. I think they'll be absolutely fine. I think they've got creativity. I think they've got goals. They've got some solidity carrying on from last season. Um, Tim Flowers is making his debut as the full-blown manager, but I know he's an attention-to-detail man. 
they've got Kyle Storer in the middle. Um, they've made uh, some some reasonable signings actually, and I think they're quite together. And I don't see them being. I I, I can think of half a dozen teams that I think will be uh, below Solihull Moors. And uh, yeah, so there you go. That's uh, you know, it's good if now and again we, we we call some things differently. Do interact with us. We'd love your interaction this season. I know that if somebody predicted my team. Uh, to go down and I was involved with that team I would use it to spur them on let's go prove all these people wrong and if we're going to do that let's start with the likes of uh, Gateshead because I know they're not actually gone part time they have now got new ownership but basically they've had the biggest exodus of all clubs haven't they literally all the quality they had has departed Um, and, 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 and they're working on a completely different budget this season so let's say it's going to be a very challenging season for the boys as Tom mentioned it I mean he mentioned that he thought they'd gone part time he'd historian got in touch with us as did Anthony Scurfield both saying that they were never, they've never actually gone part time but they have had the budget cut and it's 100% on this one we've all predicted Gateshead to go down and as you said Rob they've, uh, they've had a mass exodus and they've got one of the smallest squads in the league and it's going to be a real struggle for them it is going to be a struggle for them um, although ironically they're one of I think just two National League teams that have gone completely under in pre-season of course it doesn't tell you an awful lot you've got various managers and players tell you that uh, they've had great pre-seasons followed by awful leagues and and, and then vice versa as well um, they're going to run with a lean squad there's a lot of players they've got to cut their teeth at that level I do like the look of Luke Armstrong actually who's uh, on a season loan from uh, Middlesbrough and um, I, I think he might I think if you were involved with Gateshead you'd be probably hoping that uh, Luke Armstrong and Scott Bowden who's got experience as well might just be able to fire them enough goals to stay up but uh, for me no I'd have to stick by that one and uh, we've talked about the three other new clubs that we all think are going to do well and kick on and bless them none of us feel that about Braintree do we? I do I, d- I didn't predict him to go down so Braintree fans come on then back Go on and back it up. I don't know. They've got the thing is they've got a manager who's played at that level. You know, played against all the odds when Alan Devonshire was there. They got predicted to go down every season, and Bradley Quinton was always there at the heart of the midfield. And they were a nuisance to teams. He came and blooded the noses. Teams didn't like going to Crescent Road, especially in the winter when the pitch isn't that great. And like Tom said, they lost Mark Anthony Akai. Uh, that's a big blow for them. But. I don't know, I still think their home form could be key to them staying up. Chris, is, is, Chris, would, do you go with me? Well, clearly you don't because you predict them to go down. But <laughs> No, I don't, Luke. I think, as, as far as I can see, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but as far as I can see, they don't look to me like they've strengthened enough for the rigours of the National League. That that concerns me. They've, they've had a lot of players who haven't been retained from, from last season as well. I, I I do just worry about worry about them. Yeah, I I don't think they've they've strengthened enough. And another side that's working on a reduced budget that I think the majority of us have got finishing that bottom four as well is Barrow. And uh, yeah, look, there's nothing wrong with having a smaller budget or being part time. Many many clubs have, have have proven you can still compete at this league with those things. But it's one thing coming in with that. It's another thing having to go back to that. And that's what Gateshead and Barrow they're going to have to do this season you know, and that's that's why I think it might just be a very long season for both of them The thing with Barrow is they've got an inexperienced manager in Ian Everett but he's coming with very positive vibes but 
They've also made some interesting signings, haven't they, Chris? I mean, you look at, they've signed Asimil Holland and Jack Hindle, who both played for Colin Bay last year. Josh Granite's a player we know well as well. They signed him from Ashton United, who was captain last year. Helped him get promoted to the, the Evo Stick North. But then they've also got the likes of Reese Turner, who you've seen at Stockport, and also Brian Wilson, who's got that experience. So it's not all doom and gloom, even though we all think they are going to struggle. Yeah, that, that, is, that is true, Luke, but the common... The common denominator in all those names that you mentioned and yes they're names that we know really well from the uh, the sort of northwest football circuit but they're all names who've come from lower divisions there are and some in some cases you know significantly lower divisions Colwyn Bay there's a you know there's a, what, there's a three three step difference between uh, between them and Barrow but we do know that Ashley Mulholland's a good player I do know that Reese Turner's a good player he got injured halfway through his uh, Stockport County spell last season and yeah sometimes you know you bring players through from lower divisions and they do a cracking job but when you bring in a lot of players through from, from lower divisions then you need to look at the, uh, the sort of balance of the squad I do think that Ian Everett is a very interesting signing because he will bring people hopefully as the season goes on from his contacts he's got great contacts in that part of the world you know near sort of Blackpool I'm sure we'll be getting a few loanies from there and what have you but one thing we didn't mention was the departure of Grant Holt as well he's he's moved on to, to pastures new so there's a, a lot of experience there that has moved out of Barrow and I think I think they'll survive but I think they'll be lower mid-table The team that you've gone against us all week Chris is Maidenhead you pitted to them to go down and which is quite surprising because I, I know they've lost a lot of players but again Alan Devonshire's done it with Braintree every year where he's lost players and brought them in and got them surviving and surviving comfortably why do you think he's not going to do that this year? That, that's out of the four that I've, I've picked that's my cheeky little uh, little pick that one I think that I think they've had the honeymoon season I think they've they've got a smallish squad for the, for the division and they've lost a lot of key players I mean like Harry Pritchard for example it's but it's not just Harry Pritchard they've lost a They've lost several key players, and it's sort of like breaking up the gang, if you know what I mean. And I think that uh, I think they could struggle this season, yeah. And Chris, I love the way you just described that as your fourth one. I I felt fairly confident with three of my four teams that might fall into the relegation places, but um, the fourth one was very very difficult for me as well. Um, I think Halifax, I think Maidenhead, I think Maidstone, I think they'll probably just have enough. Whether it's a combination of uh, the quality of players that they've got or, or, or the experience of, of their managers. But here's my difficult one, uh, my version of, of, of what you just talked about. And you're going to laugh, boys, because I predicted them to win the title last year under very different circumstances. But I've actually got Dagenham and Redbridge. And I don't say it with a whole lot of conviction because obviously I, I totally respect the man they've got at the helm. You know, he's managed England <laughs> as a caretaker, at least, hasn't he? But I just think they're on a downward spiral. They, you know, they're still going. That's the main thing for Dagenham and Redbridge fans. It's going to be hard for them to compete. They obviously don't have the back end financially that they had this time last year. They've somehow managed to hold on to Michael Cheek, and and he may fire them enough goals to stay in. But I'm looking at the players they've kept and the players they've bought in, and I don't see huge quality there if I'm really really honest and 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 I and I think it's going to be another long hard season for Dagenham but who knows it could come down to goal difference it could be one or two points it could be one team that we've all predicted to be comfortable mid-table and they are until the last 10 games and then they just get on a losing run who knows who would want to predict this league 
Well, I'm with you, Rob. I predicted Dagenham to go down as well. Like you say, Michael Cheek stands out like a sore thumb in that team a little bit, doesn't he? He's, a, he's the one shining light for him. I mean, Elliot Justin's a decent keeper as well, and Matt Robinson's a decent centre-back. So who knows, but there's such a small squad that injuries, and it's a young squad as well. Like you say, Rob, towards the end of the season, it could get tough for him. Yeah, there's a lot of youngsters in there and a lot of unproven players. And so you never know. They might get it right and they say, let's... Uh, you know, I'm not saying they definitely will go down and uh, when the quality of manager that they've brought in, mate, that they certainly have a fighting chance. But it's going to be a long, challenging and difficult season for sure for Dagenham and Red. And finally, our top scorers, Tom went for Alfie Pavey, as you heard before. Uh, me and Chris have gone for Adam Rooney. We think he might be worth the fee that he's been paid for him. And, and Rob, you've gone for Macaulay Bond at Leighton Orient. So... Let's move on now to the, the feeder leagues. We'll have a quick look at the National League North. And, well, we've all gone for Southport, apart from Chris. <laughs> we've all gone for Southport <laughs> to win the league, apart from Chris. He's gone for Brackley. I know you, you rave about Brackley, Chris. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, I know I can see why people might look at that and think it's a, a surprising pick. But both of the last two seasons, I've watched Brackley a lot and they've consistently been the best team over over those, those seasons. They haven't gone up they got very close last se- last season they, in my opinion they just ran out of steam at the at the final hurdle but Kevin Wilkins a great manager they finished the season on a high with the with the FA trophy um they've lost they've lost they've lost Aaron Williams but they've brought in Greg Smith who is anyone who's seen Greg Smith play he's an absolute handful and I think that might be possibly what they've missing they haven't they've lost some players like the, the wing back Goodger he's a good player but I think that this season they're not the glamorous selection. There's a lot of big clubs in the National League North this season, but I think they could be the ones with the consistency, and I think this one might be their year. Well, in terms of Brackley, I mean, I know we're. Well, Tom's not even predicting him to be in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know what he's thinking there, but I know me and me and Rob have both put Brackley down to win the the playoffs, and I know you you love watching Brackley as well, Rob, don't you? Yeah, I mean uh, they are absolute quality, really, and, and 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 I don't think it's that outrageous a prediction at all, Chris. I uh, to be honest, I I I considered uh, very closely actually between Southport and Brackley before before making my pick. If there's one team that's not really been in the mix before, and I think will be based on their back end of last season form and that's Boston and I'm not sure Luke I haven't got your predictions in front of me but you did you did say something in one of the podcasts last year about early prediction for next season Boston uh, have you put them up there? No I think Chris went for him didn't he? I haven't put him in actually oh, yeah. yeah good shot like you said he signed players like Nathan Arnold and They've made a lot of good signings. They brought in players from Charlene, Craig Elliott's old club as well. And I think the chairman of Charlene, I mean, they folded during the summer, sadly, Charlene. But I think the chairman and the owner of Charlene has gone in onto the board at Boston to add a bit of clout there. So they can get decent crowds behind them at York Street and or the Jakeman Stadium, as it's called, at the minute. Then uh, they could be a dark horse. As you say, I think most of us have gone for Chester as well. In fact, we've all gone for Chester to eat the playoffs. We mentioned the managerial merry-go-round round where. Bernard Marley and Anthony Johnson left Salford in the summer. They've rocked up at Chester and Chris, they've signed a lot of their... You said about the gang before, they signed a lot of the gang that they had at Ramsbottom and Salford, haven't they? Yeah, they have and how well have that gang done? (laughs) They've signed who they know. I think, while we touched on it a little bit on the Salford, they're incredibly unfortunate to lose the jobs at at Salford. They didn't see it coming, I don't think. But they have rocked up at Chester now. We know the struggles that Chester have had both on and off the field last season. But Chester are a huge club and historically when they have popped down to the the National League North because it has happened in well in not so 
not so distant memory they have been way too strong for that division and I think I, th- I tip them for the playoffs I don't think they're going to go up straight away this season but I think they've got two very good managers uh, who know that league well now after the um, last season and the season before that and I think I think they'll be fine and talking of a club that uh uh, a manager's, they've got taken the manager and the manager's bought the players from his previous gang and they've done it all before well let's talk about Alfreton boys because uh, your man the man that you both backed but shouldn't have been sacked from Halifax last season has uh, pulled Tom Denton and, all, and, 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 and quite a lot of the others over to Alfreton now and in theory they should really make the top seven shouldn't they I've I've predicted them too yeah you've not uh, yeah you're the only one who's predicted Alfreton to get in there and say Billy he's brought a lot of his old Halifax gang in there so that'll be interesting to see I mean I'm the only one who's not uh, sorry we've all predicted Stockport to get in the playoffs but Chris has predicted Stockport to win the playoffs this year <laughs> and uh, you'll think they'll go one better even though they've lost Jason Oswell Chris and also Jimmy Ball who were two of the most influential players last year yeah maybe maybe a little bit of bias has, has crept in there possibly but um, I like what I see from the new signings I've seen them uh, in pre-season uh, they've been gradually improving the last couple of seasons under under Jim Gannon and one key guy for me who's come back to, to fitness and is like a new signing and has been unbelievable in pre-season is Sam Minihan who's uh, either right wing back or they, they play him on the wing and he, he, he just he can skin left backs and he can get crosses in really impressed with Jordan Keane and Ash Palmer Ash Palmer coming for from Geisley Jordan Keane obviously brother of Kieran Keane who was at Alfreton last season and I think Jordan Keane is a slightly better player than Harry Winter who they had in in a similar position last season and they're looking very strong that first 11 looks very good I know you'll hear Tom's predictions for the North in a minute um, but he's predicted Geisley to get in the playoffs along with myself and you two haven't gone for Geisley which is quite a surprise because the Marcus Bignot factor Marley and Johnson at Chester replaced Marcus Bignot during the summer and Marcus Bignot's now gone up to Geisley and he won's, he's won the league with Solihull he knows that he knows the score and I think Geisley will be decently backed as well surprised you two haven't gone with him really yeah it's fair enough I, I don't know about you boys but I found it really difficult trying to, uh, to come up with I mean we, we won't bore the listeners with it but we have actually all gone as far as naming our entire six sides for the playoffs in each of the top three divisions at uh, I struggled with who wasn't going to make them in the, in, in the National League North, if I'm honest. And um, in the end, uh, I, I went for the likes of York and Stockport and Alfreton, you know, with the manager having done it before in that style, and Chester, obviously, too, in Boston. So um, it's only really for that reason that, that I couldn't squeeze them in, because, uh, you know, it's going to be some league again this season, boys. Yeah, I think, Luke, I think my, my reasoning on guys, league when I looked at them, was that, look, they've had three seasons battling relegation two of which they were successful don't forget and I think it's always really difficult to predict how a team is going to react in a different situation now I haven't looked at the bookmakers odds when I was um, when I was doing my predictions but I would think that because of the status as a National League club the past couple of seasons I bet they're up there uh, they'll be there and thereabouts probably I don't know third, fourth, fifth favourites possibly to get promoted but I think it's always difficult to see how the how teams are going to react and we talked a little bit last season about the huge, huge squad that Geisley did have. If you included all the all the players on loan, and there's been a lot of a lot of changes there, so it was just too difficult for me to see where the cards would land. I think. Yeah, and interestingly as well, here is here are Tom's predictions for the playoffs for the National League North. On to National League North. Very much out of my comfort zone here, really. But my prediction, based on a look through the signings, 
the squads and last season's league positions would be for Southport to take the title and be joined by York City through the playoffs. I think Stockport look like they've dropped off a lot, bit and uh, losing Jason Oswell will hurt them but they'll still finish in the playoff positions along with York City, Chester, Hereford, Guiseley and Boston. At the bottom Blythe Spartans, FC United and Ashton United will go down and Simon Ainge is my pick for top scorer. And Tom has gone for York City to win the playoffs as have I. Martin Gray he's been under fire recently I was reading a lot of York fans this week going oh well you know I think all the York fans aren't expecting him to do much really he's kept a lot of the, the deadwood as he call it but what he has done he's recruited quite well he's recruited from Gateshead as well he's brought in um, Jordan Burrow Burrow and Wes York who, who've gone to York City along with Russ Penn who's a really shrewd experienced midfielder and I've heard Martin Gray say in a couple of interviews in pre-season that kind of they've had a lot more solidity at the back because Russ Penn's been there to screen the defence which maybe they didn't have last season the defence was left quite exposed and Russ Penn could be that that key piece in the jigs yeah and what you get with John Parkin was he 36, 37 now something like, yeah. like that but he brings players into the game as well so if he's got players running off him as well he holds the ball up fantastically well he's got players running off him he's going to create goals for that, those people as well now Tom went well just before we touch on the relegation places Tom has put Simon Ainge to be top scorer uh, as of you Rob as well I know you're, you you love a bit of Simon Ainge yeah I think he's uh, he's proven quality isn't he at that level and he could be the he could be the difference that Darlington needs uh, but I've kind of contradicted myself haven't I because I've, I've said he'll be top scorer and I've still not predicted Darlington to make the playoff so uh who knows? I mean, I've got to be honest. A little bit like Tom says as well. You know, I, I'm not as informed as you guys, obviously, about the uh, the National League North clubs. But I watched I watched uh, his name appearing on the uh, considerably uh, last season, and yeah, I was close. I think between him and Parkin and one or two others. We'll move on to the, the relegation places, and I know I heard from Tommy's predicted Ashing United to go down. Rob's predicted Ashing United to go down. Chris predicted Ashing United to go down, and so have I. I mean, Chris, we know Ashing United quite well, don't we? And they've lost a, they've lost a couple of key players haven't they yeah they have Luke um, I think even with those players look it's, they, they came up through the playoffs they deservedly came up through the playoffs now got two clubs in the in the National League North which is a really really big deal for them but both teams Curzon and Ashton United don't get a massive massive amount of fans uh, I think Ashton United average about 150 and I think that even with those key players that have lost that you've just mentioned it could be a struggle for them now teams won't like going to Ashton United it's one of the smaller grounds as you say the surface isn't always fantastic I think they'd be I'm with me me saying that I just think that the National League North is probably just one step too far for Ashton United the, the only one who's not predicted Leamington to go down is me and Tom as you heard earlier I think Leamington will be absolutely fine this year they've got Altrincham first game of the season and talking of Altrincham I caught up with their assistant manager at the weekend Neil Sorville after the Salford game Neil really good test today against a really good Salford side and there was a lot of positives out there weren't there yeah it was I think the, th- the three games we've played you know we, we didn't expect probably to win any of them you know crew back and, and Salford today take a lot of positives from the three games probably ahead of the curve a little bit in terms of we've, we've won one of them games which was really good to see I thought today was a you know a real 
positive performance, which in the end, we, you know, we're disappointed to lose, to be honest. Is it a case if you hold your hands up and go with the quality of opposition you're playing, or are you disappointed with the goals that you conceded and it's something to look forward to, to work on going forward? Yeah, because, you know, we, we probably we have an identity or a, a way of playing. Um, we don't, we're not going to veer too much from that. As you can see today, probably the two goals we conceded came from when we had good possession and, and kind of turned it over in, in our own half. Um, but they're the, probably the, the chances and the risks you take playing the way we do. You know, more often than not, we get, we get it right. We did last season, but again, we're moving up to a, a better league with clubs with bigger budgets, physically stronger players, full-time teams in there. So, you know, be a good challenge for us to see if we can replicate what we did last season at, at the next level up. You kept a nucleus of the squad from last season when you won the league. I mean, obviously they all look as though they can play at that level as well. And it, you must be pleased with that sort of solid the continuity that you've got already there, and, and then just adding to it with little bits and bobs here and there. Yeah, it does. Felt the majority of the lads deserved the chance who were with us last season because you know they'd put all the hard yards in and, and got us to where we wanted to get to, and then strengthen it with three or four around that, which you know we think we have done. Um, so yeah, from that point of view, you know pre-seasons been a lot smoother and a lot easier because you're not putting a, a whole new squad together and you know the 15 who we've got are, um, are aware of, of how we want them to play so yeah so other than you know some disruptions with injuries and whatnot you know it's, I think it's gone it's gone pretty well uh, pre-season but having said that probably the injuries the lads had were from the back end of last season. You were a disciple of the Crow Alexander school, if you like, Daryl Grady and all that. So that's you can see that's the style of play you're going to implement and that hopefully will have you a lot of success this season. I mean, what are the expectations for this season? I don't know. I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite interested to see uh, what teams come and do against us, in all honesty, whether they'll, they'll sit back and defend or whether they'll come and have a go at us and, and be kind of proactive rather than reactive. I think a lot of the games here we played last year especially, the opposition sat back, uh, defended and tried to counter-attack, but like I say, I'm in, intrigued to find out what teams will do this season, whether they'll come and have a go at us. In terms of expectations, probably I would like to think we'll, we'll do OK, but you know we're, we're novices in the league, a lot of the players are, are novices. You know It's a case of taking it one week at a time and, and, and see how we go. I think they'll do fine. They played some very good football. They're very good on the eye, aren't they, Chris, as well? Uh, play it out from the back, especially Moss Lane they'll be, they'll be a tough team to break down yeah and isn't it great to see Altringham back I don't know whether I'm biased obviously from a, a northwest perspective but it is fantastic to see them back great old club uh, great people there as well it was a, a bit of surprise when Jordan Hume dropped down to the Evo State Prem last year uh, because he is a quality player from Salford uh, he is a real quality player I've seen them in pre-season and they're purring uh, they're looking really good and, and Jordan Hume will score 20 goals this season there you go and don't forget, <laughs> you heard it here first and don't forget they've got James Poole as well he's an excellent player and probably shouldn't be playing at this level he's only playing at this level because he, he needs to go part time with his job yeah absolutely and what what keeps teams up in, in, in these sort of leagues what what makes them do well in its goals and they've got I can see plenty of goals being scored in that team and finally another team that me and Tom have both gone with we, honestly we haven't we haven't spoken to each other about this but uh, we've both gone for SC United to go down and tough task for him they just about stayed up last year when Tom Greaves came in midway through the season and I caught up with Tom Greaves last week and asked him about his thoughts for the season ahead tell us how you, your preparation's going you played a lot of games already haven't you yeah yeah we have yeah to be fair everyone's getting a lot of minutes um, fitness is starting to show now um, we're playing some decent stuff I thought we played some decent stuff in the, probably the wrong areas today um, <laughs> 
probably a little bit impatient. We kept it well, and then when we got into the second third, we were, we were pinging it a little bit long. Um, so we need to learn to be patient with the ball, enjoy keeping it, can never keep the ball too long. Um, but I thought the lads took the goals well and probably just edge it and deserve the win, really. In terms of the season ahead, I mean, you've had a lot of change, haven't you? You've got a lot of players coming in and a lot of players coming out. You've had a lot pre-season. I mean, yep. how do you see the season going? You were struggling till towards the end of the season. Do you see you progressing well this year? Or? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, obviously, you look at the you look at the league and there is no easy game. Kind of going for personnel that are going to they're going to wear their heart on the sleeve and they're going to battle for the badge. Um, I think we've got plenty of lads in there that are going to do that. The dressing room's superb already. They've got a great team bond. Um, so, yeah, preparations are going well. We're, we're excited. The league was hard last year. I mean, do you think it's even harder this year? Well, yeah, you look at, obviously, Salford and Harrogate have, have left the league and then your Chester and guys that replace <laughs> yeah. them and obviously Ultron coming up with, with Ashton as well. So, no, it's not getting easier. <laughs> um, a lot more teams have gone gone full time if not nearly full time um, so yeah it's going to be difficult we've got, to, we've got to get ourselves as fit as we can and as organised as we can and, and hopefully we'll upset a few people I suppose your home form's key I mean not many teams are what come to Broadhurst part will do no last season last season that's probably what, what kept us up in the end of home form our, our away form was nothing short of uh, embarrassing really I think we won twice away from home all season uh, so that's something that we need to need to put right as long as we can keep the home form as it was right the wrongs away from home we should, we should be alright are you going to address that away from home this year um, again with the lads that we've brought in um, obviously go away from home you're not used to their pitches and stuff and the games can become a little bit ugly so we've got some players in there that'll really dig deep um, if we like you've seen Dicko there today if we need to go long we can we can pop it long to Dicko and he can take the pressure off off the back four so yeah just the personnel that we've brought in we're hoping that'll uh, that'll sort us out brilliant and he can play centre half as well yeah, yeah. He can play centre half yeah he'd like to get wide as well he loves, he loves it everywhere to be fair you've seen him you've seen him he's worked yeah. his uh, hands off today like yeah, so yeah. all good yeah that was Tom Greaves and he, he was quite bullish he said he's brought in players that he wants to uh, thinks it'll battle hard but I mean I, I saw them uh, down at Hyde the other week and it's fair to say they, they did struggle a little bit but it'll be interesting to see how they do especially away from home I mean they've lost the core centre-halves of Matty Hughes who's a real leader for him and Jordan Fagbo and they've lost a number of players they brought in Kurt Willoughby who did really well at Clitheroe in the Evo Stick Division 1 North but it's two steps up for him and Chris could this be the season where FC finally drops? I haven't predicted, predicted them to go down I think they'll be in the, the lower half of the table well they've got they've brought in a few players who played for Stockport County last season that I know very well Stephen O'Halloran got Harry Winter in there and I saw him a couple of times at different games in, in pre-season as well Lou and those two players play quite well they're consistent professionals and they'll they'll, they'll do a good job look I think I think they'll be alright they've got quite an old team there from from what I see and they've got some young boys coming through it doesn't look to me like they've got 28 29 something people might correct me and, and you know this, this show does go out on FC United Radio as well so please do uh, get in touch with us to see um, what you think about that but look I, I think they'll be fine I think um, Tom Greaves has got um, what, is he, what did he have half a season last season under and look I'm going to set the world on fire but I think they'll be okay yeah they've also lost the excellent Kieran Glynn as well now a prediction that surprised me was Tom saying Blyde Spartans to go down but one that'll probably make people spit tea or whatever they're drinking over the keyboard is you Chris predicting Spennymore to go down now you were raving about Spennymore last year and I know they've just lost Joe Tate to York City but what's your reasoning behind them going down yeah Spennymore had a good first half of the season I think the second half of the season 
they really dropped off and their their record if you compare them against other teams in the division I can't think how many games they won maybe three out of the last 20 it was terrible and I think the only, the thing they've got going for them this season they're, they're going to struggle this I don't genuinely believe that I'm getting really positive vibes from Jason Ainsley as well either as you heard we're, we're struggling a bit with Chris in, in Indonesia so we, we've let Chris go and uh, hopefully he'll enjoy the Asian games and we'll move on to the south now Rob and it's interesting, both yourself and Tom, who we'll hear in a minute, have gone for Billericay Town. Tom's got his reasons. What's your reasoning, Rob? It's very similar, actually. It's a very similar logic to why I think Salford will win the, the National League. There's huge backing, huge emphasis on, on climbing up the leagues. And, uh, you know, they've got an absolute goal machine in uh, Jake Robinson and uh, they've signed another one as well. So uh, I think goals will be the order of the day for Billericay yep they're going to have to come up against the fact that every team's going to want to beat them they'll be every team's cup final even though they're climbing up a, a league but um, yeah just I would say I don't think they're going to run away with it by any means um, I really like what Alan Dowson's doing at, uh, at Woking actually I think he's kept what he could the better players and he's brought in obviously uh, a few across from Hampton and Richmond notably the uh, the twin uh, centre-back partnership so uh I fancy Woking to go well and possibly uh, come through the playoffs and I think teams like uh, Chelmsford and Hemel will be up there again very impressed with with Bobby Wilkinson and what he's doing at Wealdstone and uh, Gary Hours of course at Torquay United and uh, you'd have to think that uh, that, that they could probably um, you know stem the downward flow and, and push at the right end of the table and obviously uh, Mr King in at uh, Welling that's that, that's pretty much me listed my top seven there yeah I mean in, interestingly um, you've gone for Woking to get through the players I've gone one better and predicted him to win the league as you say because of the Alan Dowson factor I mean he did an, an amazing job with Hampton and Richmond last year and I think with the resources he'll have at Woking next year that they'll give it a really good go and uh he's there and I think he'll really get into him and, and really get the good times back at Woking yeah I think so they've suffered if you like in the past they've, they've dropped down and bounced up again and come back strong and I, I think given the predicament they were in given the relegation I, I think they've made a really really sound management signing in Alan Dowson oh, we've all predicted Chelmsford to do well I mean I know we've predicted Chelmsford to get in the playoffs me uh, you and myself and uh, you Rob but I know Chris and Tom and we'll hear from Tom now and hear what his predictions are now. In the National League South, I can't look past Billericay Town, really. Again, they've spent big, but their best move has been to give Harry Wheeler full control of the playing side, and he will use that to secure another title. Below them, Chelmsford City will finish second and uh, banish their playoff hoodoo to gain promotion, whilst Torquay, Woking, Concord Rangers, Hemel Hempstead and Welling will join them in the playoffs. I think Chelmsford again, they've signed well and they've really added to their squad. It's the strongest they've, they've looked for a while. At the bottom, I think time's up for Gloucester City and Hungerford Town, whilst Truro City are going to feel the pinch playing two hours away from their fan base and uh, drop out of the league as well. For top scorer, I think Adam Coombs at Billericay Town is my man. Pace to burn and a really good finisher as well. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Scott Fenwick or Philip Roberts in the mix up there. So I've had a look over the National League South squads that have been put together, the transfers that have happened uh, and the managers that have moved around. And I think that this is one of the strongest lineups uh, at the top of the table in quite some time. We had a wonderful title race last year, which went right to the last minute of the season between Dartford and Haven and Waterlooville. But the chasing pack were always quite some way behind. Braintree Town added some real excitement with a brilliant run of three wins away from home in the playoffs. But the fact they finished 17 points behind the top two 
indicates just how dominant the darts and the hawks were i don't see that happening this year to be honest um some big teams have come up some even bigger teams have come down and a lot of those who just missed out have strengthened significantly so who are the contenders at the top first and foremost both relegated teams look really well equipped to compete Torquay united might have lost luke young to wrexham and that is a big loss but they've signed some good National League quality and they'll look to bounce straight back. Gary O's has brought in Jason Banton, brought him back to Devon, where he's on record as saying he's played the most enjoyable football of his career. If Owens can get the best out of him, and Rory Keating as well, they've got a real shot. Um, as to Woking, who've poached the manager and most of the squad from last season's most attractive footballing side. Alan Dowson knows the environment down at Woking, he knows the players. And bringing in Charlie Wasmer and Josh Casey, they're two of the best defenders in this league, whilst Max Kreshmar could easily be playing in League 2. Um, don't be surprised to see him clear 15 league goals from the field again this year. In terms of those who missed out last season, um, I'll address the Hampton and Richmond question now. They brought in Gary McCann from Hendon, who is a very astute manager and has got a great book of contacts. However, after losing the bulk of their team, I just don't think the players who've been brought in as replacements have quite the same quality. I don't like to say it because it is a great club down at Hampton, but I can see them being a mid-table outfit this season and unlikely to challenge like they did last year. Away from Beverley, there are a good maybe 8-10 sides who can probably challenge the relegated teams at the top. Promoted Billericay Town are probably the, the most prominent of those. They've spent big again. Wheeler's a great manager and with the side that Glenn Tamplin has given him, he could do great things. There's rumours that they might be signing J. Emmanuel Thomas, which would just be a huge signing at this level. Uh, and even without that, Adam Coombs is a great piece of business. Brought in Ben Gehring, they brought in Connor Hunt, they brought in Simon Walton. They're really bringing in experience and quality. It's a strong side and they'll be in the mix. So too will Chelmsford, who are finally looking to get out of this league. Strong argument, in my opinion, that they've had the best summer window uh, in terms of transfers in the, in the division. Amos Nasher from Concord was in my team of the season last year. Scott Fenwick, Jordan Chidozi, Alex Akrofi and Reese Murphy up front. That is some firepower. If they can find a way to shoehorn three of those four into the team at any one time, they will score goals. Dartford will look to compete as well, um, but I do think this could be a season of transition for them. With Tony Berman having gone, big shoes to fill down at Dartford, and I'm not sure that they'll quite hit the same heights as last year. Staying east, I think Concord Rangers look good. They've strengthened significantly under Sammy Moore. He's brought in a lot of players from Leatherhead, uh, where he came from, uh, but picking up Billy Knott from Lincoln City could be the best signing at step two this season both north and south billy not is a league one quality player he just sort of lost love for the game and coming back home to concord he could really shine early shout from me billy not player of the season staying at the top i think hemel hempstead welling united st Albans city wealdstone and bath will all fancy themselves to take on that dark horse role and challenge all those sides have strengthened a little favorite of mine bath city's new strip is absolutely gorgeous at the bottom east thorick have done brilliantly to keep hold of sam higgins and i think his goals could help them keep afloat again out in the west country with western supermare keeping hold of gethin hill is a great piece of business of the promoted sides dulwich hamlet i think look the uh, you know away from billericay I think Dulwich Hamlet looked the best equipped for survival um, and have brought in some good step two operators to complement the talented players like Nyron Clunis, Ibrahim Cargo who got them up here. I think Gavin Rose could cement his status as one of the most exciting young managers in non-league as well. Looking at the other promoted side, Slough Town, I think they could struggle. Uh, along with them, Hungerford Town may really find it difficult to repeat last season's survival heroics. Um, and then finally, in terms of the clubs that I want to talk about, there are two clubs in National League South who are actually playing outside their home county with Gloucester City playing in Evesham and Truro City recently confirming they'll be making a four-hour round trip to Torquay's Plainmore ground for their home matches. 
I think playing away from the supporter base could really hinder both teams. And also that extra travelling has caused them to lose some key players. Gloucester City's Kieran Thomas, a captain last season, is headed north to Hereford. Whilst Truro have also lost their star striker Cody Cook to St Mirren. And England sea keeper Tom McHale to an as yet unspecified side. I think both teams might struggle this year. Be a real shame for Truro because Lee Hodges is a quality manager and having finished seventh last year, it'd be a shame to see them drop off. In terms of the players, I really just want to finish on, on the fact that there are some exceptional strikers playing in the league this year. Even excluding those I've mentioned already, Hemel Hempstead have got Charlie Sheringham and Philip Roberts. Bath City have got Ryan Brunt, ex-Argyle man. Kudos has moved to Dartford. Tyler Harvey is in at Truro. Jake Robinson scored, I don't know, about 57 goals last year. It's just whatever happens in terms of the teams and where they finish, with attacking quality like that in the division, it is going to be an exciting ride. Well, I mean, if, if you don't agree with Tom's predictions, then do tweet us at NL full time. But I know he's not been too popular with the Gloucester fans on the forum, and uh, they'll be even less popular with us, Rob, because I know me, you, and Chris have all predicted him to go down as well. And I think with the travelling to Evesham, uh, they've lost a couple of star players. I know Tom mentioned a couple there, but they've also lost Ed Williams to Kidderminster as well, who's a good source of goals for them. And could the chips be up for them this season, Rob? Yeah, I mean, look, we've got to nail our colours to the mast somewhere, um, and I've gone for them. But I must admit, I did, I did consider half a dozen teams, and you know, I, I, I think you know, if you, any one of those teams we have predicted, I'm sure that as a supporter, player, manager of those teams, you'll be looking around and you'll probably build a good case for half a dozen teams that that you'll finish above. So, uh, you know, it's not cut and dried. It's a dodgy old game, this, isn't it? Predicting who's going to go down, but. Uh, could be a long season for them and uh, also for the likes of Eastbourne and, and Hungerford Town as well. Yeah, and I know also uh, I predicted Western Supermare to go down. They struggled. Once they lost Dale Grubb last year, they just seemed to be on a downward spiral, a bit like Chris said with Spennymore, and, and uh, this could be the season that they go as well. Interestingly, at the other end of the table in the playoffs, there's only you who's not predicted Concord, Rob. I think Concord, as Tom mentioned in his preview, I've got the signing of the season with signing Billy Knott. I mean, what a signing that is, and that could be the big game changer for him. I think it's a very good signing but um, have they got enough quality and depth have they got enough depth in the squad those are the question marks I guess and they're up again just you know no disrespect to them or their size or the level they've played at before but uh, you know are, are, do, do you see Concord Rangers finishing above clubs like Torquay like Woking like Chelmsford who've been there and done it you know year in year out Hemel Hempstead welling under the um, un- under the management of King mm. um, <clears throat> you know I'm not I'm not too sure I, I, I do think they've signed well I do think they'll have a good season uh, you know probably upper mid table well we've all got Torquay in the playoffs although Chris has got them to win the league they've kept a majority of the squad to stay in full time and uh, they'll either do a York City and maybe struggle or they'll go and do really well next season I think won't they and I've interesting we've all gone for our top scorers as well uh, and they're all different I've gone for Brett Williams I think he'll score a bag full in that league next year yeah he certainly could do um, he's, a, he's a striker that doesn't necessarily need the service um, he can be a bit wasteful in front of goal can Brett but uh, almost every game that he plays he will get on the end of you know three or four chances he strikes the ball so so well but sometimes too well if you know what I mean quite often it's the scuffy ones along the ground that go in or the downward headers yeah so you've gone for Brett Williams that wouldn't totally surprise me although he's only ever really had one prolific season albeit that was at one level higher and I've gone for Jake Robinson haven't I Billericke and, and oddly Tom has gone for he, he's gone for another Billericke player hasn't he in, yeah, he went uh, for Adam, in Coombs, Adam Coombs his strike partner <laughs> 
So yeah, he said pace to burn and all the rest of it. I, I, I presume those two will play together, but um, I had a little look actually at the history and the amount of goals that they have scored. And uh, whilst he's highly regarded, Adam Coombs, he's not been able to put any back-to-back prolific goal-scoring seasons together to this point. So he, at the moment, is slightly unfulfilled potential. Maybe Billericke will be the right glove and the right level for him. But uh, for me, Jake Robinson, you know, prolific last season, over 50 goals in all competitions, and I don't see any reason why he can't uh, score at least uh, 25-30 again in the National League South. So, boys, if you are listening, there's a little incentive for you. Who's going to be right, Rob or Tom? Uh, I know in terms of playoffs as well, you're the only one who's predicted Wheelstones to go in the playoffs, Rob, and you can explain why in a minute, but you caught up with Bobby Wilkinson last week and had a nice little chat with him. Very kindly been joined by Bobby Wilkinson after a good workout today. Wheelstone won, Aldershot Town won. I did notice from afar that you know when the season ended, it was nine players all uh, still in May, and you've added another six since. Talk to us a little bit about your strategy. The managers do play a weight, and, and you looked at it a little bit different. I do that every year, actually. Business early believe we're getting go and get them use the pre-season to build you're seeing it on the pill nil against Maidenhead and one here against Aldershot in teams that are above us I have to say probably the hardest year ever to do is put a team it's not about individuals that will work hard for, for themselves and my management and I've been quite years by doing this you know over the years and I love success but I like to win if we lose as long as we lose by 110% and Peter come in and we give them worth I'll be happy question I'm sure you've had it before I've been up close and personal you're a very passionate man Bobby every single ball out there to do it a different way or is it that's you I actually tried to do but it didn't last one minute it's <laughs> uh, really kind of you say that you know I'm a winner I want to this football club to my own players and I can't just such a passionate man because <laughs> I just love the, I'm two different people on the cross the wire line go back at home and just the fam so that was wheelstone manager bobby wilkinson and he was very humble rob but very enthusiastic and uh you quite like what he's doing there at wheelstone don't you yeah i mean he's incredibly passionate if i'm really honest i think he instructs too much from the side of the pitch you know when i watched a pre-season game didn't i you know um i think you've got your your, your training sessions your, your pre-match to work uh, with the players and get the best out and make sure they know their jobs and then entrust them to do it that's not his way we talked about it in the interview he's tried to do it differently he doesn't but you know all that aside I like the way he puts teams together. I like the way he had done his research early. He got his list of targets together and he went out and by and large he got them. And he's brought in players with a point to prove. He's brought in players with you know, decent quality but potential to improve on it. They certainly uh, gave a very strong Aldershot Town team a good workout in the one-all draw in pre-season a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, I fancy them to, uh, to be at the right end of the table pushing uh, towards and maybe just into those playoffs. And finally, we've got Welling, who we've all predicted Welling to get in the last playoff spot. And, um, I mean, Steve King, he almost performed a miracle with Whitehart last year. And if he takes that into Welling next year, then they'll have a very good season, won't they? Yeah, I'm pleased for Steve King, actually, that he's got a project like Welling. Because, uh, having met him personally a couple of times, I've changed my opinion of the one that I'd started to build up when I didn't know him. Um, that guy's passion for football is unbelievable, and his passion to to you know to 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 find raw talent and 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 polish it and uh, you know see it, see that player improve, see that player go up through the levels. The way that he spoke about players that uh, you know he'd found and progressed, it it was very very different to a lot of managers that I've spoken to, and his passion was really really clear. And yeah, I think that's probably Steve King's probably the reason why we're predicting uh, well into finishing the playoffs more so than 
because they've necessarily got a squad that you look at on paper and say they'll do it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a really, really good squad he's put together down there. The only surprising thing was um, only Tom, as you heard earlier, predicted Truro to go down. Now, obviously, there's been a saga this week at Truro where they've had to go, they've decided to go and play home games at Plainmore, the home of Torquay United. And I didn't think it was that far away, but it, it's miles away, isn't it, <laughs> from Truro, Torquay? And uh, that could really, a bit like Gloucester, that could really be the, the, the nail in the coffin in terms of them staying up. It's going to present uh, an unwanted challenge, that's for sure. Uh, I made the same mistake as you, actually. <laughs> I thought, well, that surely isn't too big a deal, is it? But then I looked at actually how, not just the mileage, but how long it takes to get between the two. And, uh, you know, that's that's that's, that's tough for uh, Truro this season. And, but let's remember, they were batting up the top end last season. And they've only been at that level for a couple of years. So uh, I, I avoided them, actually, in terms of predicting them to, 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 to uh, be relegated. But I do think they'll have a tougher season and possibly lower mid-table. So that was our National League preview for the, the three divisions. So we'll look now at step three, the divisions below the National League. We'll look at the Northern League, the Ithmian League, and the Southern Prem Central and Southern Prem South. And we'll just touch them quickly on who think we're going to win. Now, myself and Chris have both gone for South Shields. We've seen South Shields a lot over the last season, and uh, they are a very good side. And I think they're going to go straight through. And we'll be talking about on the National League North next season. You've gone for Scarborough, Rob, interesting who felt well in the summer they brought in Bailey Gooder from Harrogate they've kept Michael Coulson who's done well at a higher level uh, they've signed him down for another two years as well yeah do you think Scarborough are going to do it? Well to be perfectly honest with you boys I knew that you two had gone for South Shield and I thought it's more interesting isn't it just to, to throw a different name in the mix I, I, I I considered long and hard going with South Shields as well actually but uh, I, I thought I'd throw Scarborough in for the mix there and, uh, and Tom has gone for Gainsborough Trinity to bounce uh, straight back up. What would Tom and I know? You know, we're based down in the south and we haven't seen these teams. So we're having a bit of fun here, listeners. Don't take us too seriously. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Tom's Tom's, uh, could be onto something there because... They've signed Damien Reeves, who's been prolific for Aldrigan throughout the year. And they've also got Ross Hanna, who was at Chester last year and has scored quite a few goals. So that's a great strike partnership. And they've also just signed John Stewart, who was uh, in net for Boston a lot of the times. Big, burly goalkeeper. And Lee Sinnott, they've got a really good manager there as well. He's won the, the National League North. So don't write off games. When it won't be, if they do win it, don't be surprised if they do win it. This is where me and Chris have a bit of a guess now. The Ithmian League. And I've gone for Margate because I don't know if I've read it right but I'm sure they've had a bit more investment now and I think they, they did okay last season and I think they'll push on again Tom and Chris have both gone for Whitehawk who even though they've lost Steve King they feel they may have a bit of momentum uh, that could be an interesting one and I know you've gone for Hornchurch Rob yeah no particular uh, science behind it I know they're one of the uh, favourites uh, for this season again I thought I'd throw a different uh, name into the mix I, I, I haven't watched uh, too much football at this level but we are going to keep a close eye on it this season you know, we, uh, we we had a good chat in the summer and we said we do want to keep a little bit more of an eye on uh, step 3 and occasionally step 4 as well moving on to the Southern Prem Central Luke uh, I've gone for Kettering Town uh, not too far from me I think I'm hearing good things about uh, the way things are shaping up there and Tom's gone for Kings Lynn you know backing them to have another good season they narrowly missed out last season yeah Chris has gone for Kingsland I think he's gone for sentimental reasons because he lived about 200 yards from their ground about 10 years ago so there we go that's his reason I've gone for Kettering as well Rob because they had a strong end to the season last year they've got a good manager in Marcus Law as well so uh, I think they could do the business and moving on to the Southern Premier South then 
I haven't seen uh, your boys' uh, predictions yet. Have we gone for a clean sweep? Has everyone gone for Salisbury or not? I've gone for Weymouth, as has um, as has Tom. I was tying with Salisbury. I know they're, they've. Um, I think I'm not sure if they're full time, but certainly they got Steve Courage there. But they didn't kind of blow the way up last year. They kind of squeaked the way through in the end, um, which quite surprised really. But what's your reasoning behind it, Rob? I just think yeah, he, he, he's been grafting away, hasn't he, and, and doing a pretty steady job. I'd love it if it was Weymouth, if I'm really honest, because I'm a big fan of uh, Mark Mosley and uh, uh, three different spells he had at Aldershot. Got to know him over the years and uh, the passion that that guy exudes, you know, exuded as a player. Got a lot of time for Mark Mosley and uh, he's he had a pretty good first season there at Weymouth and uh, yeah, it could be... Uh, could be Claridge up against Mosley. And, and interestingly as well, um, Salisbury and Weymouth, both teams that Steve Claridge has been involved with. Well, he's involved with Salisbury now and was involved with Weymouth, along with Ian Ridley as well, who's, who started following us on Twitter. So hello, Ian, if you're listening to the show. And uh, I'm sure you'll buy Rob a pint if he ever goes down for predicting you to win the league. And finally, we'll go with Chris's choice as well to win the Southern Premier South. And he's gone for Chesham, rather surprisingly as well. Uh, if he's still awake, we'd uh, we'd wake him up and ask him his reasoning behind that. But he must have had um, he must have had his reasons. Chris is quite a, a bright guy and done his research. So any Chesham fans out there, uh, give Chris some love. And uh, talking of love, thank you for everyone who has followed us. If you do want to follow us, it's at NL Full Time. Get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts. Um, give us a pie if you want any predictions, or give us a high five. Whatever that is, it's at NL Full Time. And on Facebook, it's just NL Full Time. And that is it for the preview show. We will be back next week, and we'll have lots more interviews for you. So join us next for the opening edition of the NL Full Time podcast. Rob, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure as always. Looking forward to the new season. And thank you to Chris, who's probably fast asleep now in his bed in Indonesia. And thank you as well to Tom, who's away for sending in all his predictions. And we shall see you all very soon.